Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. Everybody, huddle up. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, this is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN. With former Badger and NFL punter Brad Nortman and Rose Bowl champions Tarek Sala and Derek Engler, here's Alex Strofe. A special draft night edition of the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. $10 pitchers. The crowd is already rowdy, and we've still got an hour until the draft starts. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having a fantastic draft night evening. My name's Alex Strope, alongside not Derek Angler, whose flight was delayed. We'll try to check in with him in a little bit, but I am alongside a Rose Bowl champion, a former fourth-round draftee of the Carolina Panthers, the great Tarek Sala is here. Amazing. Tarek, good to Amazing. see you. Great to see you guys. As well as another draftee of the Carolina Panthers, a fifth-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Sixth. Sixth? Uh, close enough. You were better than I thought. I'm drafted. Former punter Brad Nortman is here as well, and both of these guys, of course, with ties to the team, hanging on to the number one pick, that is the Carolina Panthers. Brad, I've seen enough of you in the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to give the floor to Tarek Sala. Tarek, well, you I, look great. You feel great. It's good to see you, my man. I just want, I want you to know, listen, Bill Parcells said, hey, I'm not asking so-called kicker to play. I'm just asking him to kick. Punters and kickers are players, damn it all. That's right. And, and Brad, great Put to be there. with you, man. Good this to be awesome. with you. Thank you. So I'm good to be up here. Now. I'm, I'm fired up. Can't wait. The draft, the NFL owns everything. They, they own the offseason. They own in-season. This is a fantastic night. And uh, I'm glad we're making a big deal of it. I am, too. We're going to be with you until 10 o'clock tonight, maybe longer, depending on what shakes out tonight. Maybe the Packers trade back to pick 29, and we're here till midnight. Who knows? We're going to be here as long as it takes for the Packers to make a selection in the first round. They hang on to pick number 13, which they traded for earlier in the week. That was in the Aaron Rodgers package, which finally sent Rodgers to the New York Jets. They pick swap in the first round. The Jets hang on to the Packers' original pick number 15. So we'll dive into all that and more as we're less than an hour away from the beginning of the first round of the NFL Draft. Only 31 picks tonight, though, as the Miami Dolphins uh, give up their first round pick due to the firing situation around Brian Flores a couple of years back. So only 31 picks in the first round of the NFL yep. Draft for the first time since there's been 32 teams. But they're getting Tom Brady, right? He's coming out of retirement. Is that true? Uh, I don't think so, Tarek. Come I don't on. think so. Uh, Carolina, though. You both played there. You both spent time in Charlotte. Hanging on to the number one pick. They're going to get the quarterback of the future, likely Bryce Young. Uh, Brad's rocking his Carolina Panthers sweatshirt. I, I thought Is you that, were going to do the same thing, Tarek. I, I, well, you know, I was, a, I was I left there and went to the Browns. And true. I, I didn't wear I got my Badger gear that's, on. That's true. I'm keeping that's betting that's tonight. That's universal. Keanu, maybe Joe Tippmann. Joe Tippmann. Yeah, we could yeah. we could potentially see two Badgers drafted Nick, tonight. Nick Herbig down maybe yeah, downstream uh, either, either tomorrow or Saturday, but he will be drafted. Uh, we have Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, their top 50 prospects in front of us. Coming in at number 35 is the aforementioned defensive tackle Keanu Benton. And just behind him at number 40 overall is Joe Tippmann. 
the center, the top-ranked center in this draft coming just ahead of Minnesota's John Michael Schmidt. So uh, we could maybe see Joe Tittman go tonight. Yeah. Uh, it would be later, right? later than maybe we expect. But uh, let's not get into the weeds too much tonight. Tarek, I want to know from you, who's your favorite quarterback in the draft? Wow. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to say Will Levis, and, and I'm, I'm partly biased. Hilarious. I got to meet him, and he's from Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut, right. came here in 93, and uh, he had a presence about him. I, and that's all I could go off of. And Obviously, I didn't have the opportunity to meet the other guys. But I got to tell you, uh, Bryce Young, 6 feet, 190 pounds, soaking wet. I, you, know, you hope he's 6 feet. I, I worry about how fragile he is. Uh, I think his arm is average. Um, I, I'm just not sold. And then we go to the Ohio State kid, and they haven't had a quarterback and I actually like him a little bit better. C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I like C.J. Stroud a little bit better because um, he's bigger. He's, he's got more of the tools that you want to see out of that of that position. Um, I, I don't think Bryce Young is the Drew Brees or, or uh, you know, Russell Wilson. I mean, those guys are, are more stout. Yeah. And they just have, they have a, you know, I think better arms. Um, so... I'm concerned about both those guys, and I think Will Levis is 6'4". He's got a great arm. Uh, he's competed at a high level. Uh, unlike the Florida kid who has all the tools, I really, I mean, I love his tools. Uh, guy, guy's unbelievable. Now, if you could get him in the middle of the first round, I think that's a great pick. Yeah. But if you have to go up to the top ten to get him, I, I'm concerned about that. But I, I, I'm very intrigued about his talent and his ability. I'm totally with you on that. Uh, Will Levis is the pick. Uh, you've got the Connecticut bias for sure. I do. Now, I'm going to tell I you something he, you might not know about the tools. Him. Are you aware that Will Levis puts mayonnaise in his coffee? Did you know that? No. That's a fireable offense. We've ta- we've, we we yes. talked about that a bunch last season on Wisconsin College Game Day, Brad. Uh, I find that so strange. Yeah, but offensive linemen are a little weird, so I think he, he could relate to them a little bit more and and, and, and get with Where's with the Angler team? when we need him? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, he's in the Delta Lounge in Atlanta. So. Yeah, he's been chugging yeah. cocktails. That's maybe free we, drinks, Maybe too. we should give him a ring. Should we give him a call? Absolutely. Let's do Ooh, that. Hunter, Hunter Vaughn, our producer back in the, in the ESPN Madison studio. Hunter, would you be okay calling Derek for us? I haven't told him we're going to call him, but I think we should call him. Are you okay doing that for us? Yeah, you're just taking responsibility if he says something he shouldn't on the radio. Keep your finger on the dumb button. Brad Norman, okay. your favorite quarterback in the draft. Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young is my favorite. Um, I think that he is the most – look, when you draft a quarterback, in my opinion, you're looking for the most adult. You're looking for someone that can succeed in the NFL. I, I agree with your concerns about size. Short. Right? Short. How, how many six-feet quarterbacks – are there, there out there? There's Wilson, enough to have success. Breeze are the two that have really made it. Hall of Famers. Right. There, there's enough right. to have success. I'm more concerned about the weight, right, when he gets sacked and, you know, the, trying that, not to get cracked in half. I agree. You can put weight on him, though. But I'm, I'm, in my quarterback world, I'm looking for smart, who can read defenses and be able to do audibles and do complicated things in the moment. I think he's the smartest quarterback on the board. I also think he's deadly accurate. Yeah. I think where his accuracy tilts toward excellent, he does lose a little bit of the arm power. But if he is going to play in the you know the NFC South is he's not going to be dealing with cold weather. He's not playing in Chicago every night, so I, I think that he's going to be better suited for 
somewhere in the south, like Carolina, maybe a dome. And I just think he's a guy that you can I, hand the reins over to, and you can trust him. You, he's going to say the right thing. He's clearly a good leader. So yeah. to me, I think he is the person that if I'm drafting first overall, and a quarterback is so much more than just the physical talent on the team, right? Leader yeah. and uh, being able to cognitive ability. So for me, it's Bryce Young, so, and I would do I do Will Levis too. Yeah, and I think I, half glass full on Bryce Young. I think he's kind of a mix between Montana and Mahomes from the from the intangible standpoint. Yeah. He has the, the I think he has the ability to be creative a little bit and understands you know the pocket and understands that, and that pocket presence is really important. And I think he has that. But I'm worried he's going to get crushed and yeah. get hurt, and that if his his arm not his arm's not going to get him out of it necessarily. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, I, Mahomes has the arm to get himself out of it. Montana's arm was a little weaker, mm-hmm. but he had, you know, he had everything else to go with it. So yeah, and he was a little stouter. Um, but see, I, I did, I do, I do like a lot about him, but yeah, I'm see, concerned. I, I think I. The biggest thing with me would be the size, right? I just think yeah. they need to put they got to put 15 pounds on him ASAP before week one. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but they need to do that. You would have thought they would have done that at Alabama. That's what I'm a little bit surprised in. Well, Maybe they his tried stature is frame. Sometimes your yeah, frame it only allows so much. Yeah. You're just not built that yeah. way. The, the one guy we haven't mentioned is, is Anthony Richardson from Florida. Well, I kind of alluded to Florida. Yeah, but he's the, the, he's the big wild card, it seems, in this draft, right? It seems – and the comparison in play is not there, but the comparison in their draft status is there – He's the Jordan Love of this draft, right? He he is the the high ceiling, the big arm. He has the ability to make big plays. This, this is the problem, though, with the he the could NFL. fall. He could go high. The problem with the NFL: there are no more deals. You're buying. You're overpaying for quarterbacks. Yeah. This you know Richardson would have been a second round pick. So would a Jordan Love. We 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 went way too high up to get Jordan Love. I mean, I, I, I hope I eat my words, but really, how long does it take? And all the the. You know the, the 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 two draft picks we gave up at that time in order to maybe put us into the Super Bowl. We gave those up because we're going to wait five years for this guy to become a player. It's five. How many years has he been playing? Uh, this, will be uh, this will be his fourth yeah. year. Played yeah. three. Yeah. So it might be five before we can get him or four. I mean, it's just it's a struggle, and I don't. We're overpaying for quarterbacks. I think we're overselling the two guys at the top. Yeah. It happens every year, though, right? Yeah. I, I think Levis is right where he should be, about eight or nine. The Connecticut buy is showing from the Badger legend Tarek Sala. Another Badger legend, Brad Nortman, with me. I'm Alex Strofe. It is the Great Dane. Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. The party's rolling, baby. The $10 pitcher deal. There's four Danes in the area. You can only get $10 pitchers here. We're upstairs in the pool hall. Come join get us. Get wings. a pitcher. We're going to get our wings, We right? got to get we our wings. It's been a couple months, wings. man. It's been yeah. a couple months. Flower bites, maybe? Uh, yeah, probably. Maybe. We're going to be all here right. a couple hours. We might as well oh, get a few we're gonna, apps, we're gonna right? we touch all the bases. Yeah. yeah, we might as well. Hit a home run tonight. Uh, and we will all night long. 10 o'clock, we're with you till. We'll talk to Jason Wilde at 630 tonight uh, ahead of the draft kicking off. Well, he's live at Lambeau Field. So we'll touch base with him about 630 tonight. We'll talk with the Packers Hall of Famer, Mark Tauscher. Later tonight, 7.45. Tarek, I wow. talked with you earlier today. You said you're ready to, to argue with him I, about whatever. I'm ready. I'm ready. Whatever he's got, man. As uh, you should be. And we'll also uh, likely check in with our buddy Jim Rutledge uh, uh, as the Bears on the clock. Ninth overall tonight. Most biased guy in radio. The biggest Bear fan. Uh, biggest goalpost mover in radio, Jim oh Rutledge. God. We're also live streaming tonight. The first time we've done this on the Great Dane Huddle. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ESPN Madison. You can find us at you on YouTube at ESPN Madison as well as Facebook this at ESPN Madison. 
I have a face for radio. This, he, this will uh, prove it right now. Rolled it out just for I you. actually yeah. think you're the most handsome guy on the panel. No, right no, now, no. Not the, the bald head. All. If I could just, no, it's, it's you're wearing a headset, though. though. It's okay. It's okay. I need a hat. I need a hat. But the hat needs to be big because I got, I got a big head. Well, you can go downstairs and buy one. I think they have them here at the Great Dane Pub and well, Brewing Company. Let's go. So there, there we go. Uh, plenty more to get into. You can get into the show as well. 844-770-3776. Who's your favorite quarterback in the draft? You can hang out with us all night long. 844-770-3776. What I want to get into next is each of these guys' draft stories, right? I'm not a football player. I'm not a talented athlete. I was never drafted. Tarek and Brad both were. We'll hear about their stories, their experience being drafted. That's coming up next. It's the Great Dane Huddle Draft Edition live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg. Reaction to the football weekend continues. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. The Great Dane Huddle Draft Edition rolls on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg. Alex Stroh, former Badgers, former NFLers, former draftees, Tarek Sala, and Brad Nortman with me. Fellas, we are 42 minutes on the dot away from the beginning of the NFL Draft, where the team that drafted both of you will pick number one, the Carolina Panthers. The date was sometime in 1997. I was not born yet. And Tarek Sala got a call in the fourth round of the NFL draft from the Carolina Panthers saying, we're picking you. What was that day like for you? What's, what what well, was the story? Was it a phone call? I might have made that part up. Tell me about but it. We, we, let's go to the first day of the draft, sure. right? Which is, it was rounds one through three. And it, it was, uh, you know, something to celebrate. It wasn't necessarily because I was getting drafted because I wasn't. Uh, now, one of my, my roommates had a chance getting in the third round. They, they told me I'd, I'd be like between the third and the seventh round, but I, I knew it wasn't going to the third. I had no expectation of going to the third round. So we, just, we had a big party in our uh, apartment, and we hung out. Now, my buddy was a little disappointed that he didn't go in the third round. I was fine. But we, <laughs> we continued to go out on the town, stop at Wando's and, yep, and so forth. And then uh, the next morning, we were a little, uh, little tired, a little, uh, you know. So we wake up, and draft starts at like 10 o'clock back then 10 o'clock in the morning wow yeah and so uh i uh basically we start off about uh pick 100 i think might have been about the the fourth round okay and uh pete gets called right away was my roommate pete Johnny. yeah he gets he comes off 108 he gets picked which is fantastic um and then i get a call uh from the jets it's charlie weiss and uh, Charlie goes, uh, you know, we're uh, we're going to take you the first pick in the fifth round. And uh, do you want to be a Jet? I'm like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like From Connecticut, right? From Connecticut. I grew up kind of a quasi-Jet fan. I was a Jet and Giant fan. And I'm like, absolutely. So I was like, oh, great. You know, first pick in the fifth round. And then all of a sudden, I get a call. at pick, It was around 120. Pick 120. It was Carolina Panthers. Uh yeah, the guy named Dominelli before your time, Brad, uh, and and then uh, Bill Polian, who was the yeah. the GM, and then like hey, at 122, and I was I was thrilled. Right, it, it, my expectation was the fifth round. 
got drafted in the fourth round. They were a 3-4 defense back then. There were probably a handful of teams that had the outside rusher. Yeah. And I was really – I was an edge rusher today. But I was – you know, in our defense, even though we weren't a th- – we were a 4-3 at Wisconsin, I was always on the edge. And going to a 3-4 was like, man, that's perfect. So I was excited, ecstatic, and uh, Dom Capers – got on the phone and 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 bill polian who's a legend because back then he he built the the buffalo bills yeah uh then he after he kind of built carolina up he went to uh indianapolis and built that program with peyton manning so it was just a phenomenal time and and uh experience so what was the turnaround from getting the phone call you're getting taken to when you had to get to charlotte like what was the turnaround time for you oh god uh i think it was like a week two weeks okay we had first mini camp and by the way, it was brutal. I mean, it was, one of, it was warm in the middle of, like, April yeah. when we went there. And it was, like, two days. We didn't have pads on, but it was it was pretty pretty violent in terms of practice and high tempo. And I'm like, man, this is this is no joke. So a big learn, you know, even though Wisconsin, we were, we were pretty physical, it was a, the speed and the whole, you know, trying to take in all the – the defense is very complicated. And a lot went into it, but uh, you know, it took me a little while. But that's that's, that's the jump good. from the to the next level, yeah, though, right? I mean, that's that's, that's natural. Yeah, that's awesome. That's our Exiles draft story. We uh, fast forward 15 years to 2012. For Brad Nortman, were you the only punter drafted in 2012? No, I wasn't. That's part of my story. All right, hit me. Okay. What was your story? So, Day three. So I'm going through the pre-draft process, and you always can identify the teams that need a punter, right? It's quite obvious. They got an old aging vet. They literally have a, a, a roster absence, right? So there's, you, you know, you got a list of like four teams. These are the teams that are going to go for a punter. You don't know if you're going to get drafted or not. So I had, you know, workouts with the Rams, the, the Panthers, the Jags. Um, so, you know, you have contact with these teams. The Jaguars, ironically, were the team that I had most contact with. They were calling me once a week leading up to no the draft kidding. at least. Yeah, the team he ended his career with. Yeah, right. they're, they're buttering me up. Like, do you like to golf, Brad? I'm like, yeah, I like to golf, sir. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, you know, you know, you'll love it in Jacksonville, all this kind of stuff. I'm thinking the Jags are going to draft me. I'm starting, you know, Jacksonville, Florida. I'm starting to think about Florida vibes. Night two of the draft comes, and the Jacksonville Jaguars select – Brian Anger. Oh. Five picks before Russell Wilson, right? He was the famous punter that was drafted before Russell Wilson. So wow. Friday night, I'm like, okay, the only team that had, like, real follow-up interest with me, it's over. I'm, I'm not going to get drafted. I'm going to be scrambling. Um, my, my workout with the Rams was great. My workout with the Jaguars was very good. My workout with the Panthers, bad. It was like 35 degrees, sideways wind, 20 mile an hour. We should have just not even been out there. It was impossible to have a good day. And when, when the coach left, I was like, I'm never seeing them again. Like, no chance. <laughs> so, did, did you talk to them a lot? Or was it just It, it was radio silence from when, yeah. you know, a lot of times the teams will text you and say, hey, is this still your number? Blah, blah, blah. Just whatever. So, anyway, so I'm bumming Friday night. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get drafted. I'm going to have to figure out how to get on a team on, you know, restricted group, a free agent situation. So, in an effort to distract me on draft day, uh, the third day, like, my parents and family and Lexi, like, we had all this stuff planned, right? Like, we did, like, Sprecher Brewery Tour in the morning. We went out to <laughs> nice. lunch. Like, we did a bunch of stuff to, like, okay, let's not make this day so long. We're just going to sit by the phone. We ended up at my parents' house and just hanging out. We had some people over, family and uh, family friends. And I get a call from my agent. And it's, like, you know, early sixth round. He said, hey, make sure you're by your phone. Uh, the Rams are going to draft you. 
if the Panthers oh. don't already. Oh, And I'm really? like, okay, shoot. So I go and sit down by my phone, and we're watching the draft. We're watching the draft. And sure enough, I see the phone vibrate. I can see it, like, in my mind's eye right now. 704 area code, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, boy. And it's, you know. Are you, are you ready to be a Panther son? We're going to pick you. And I the old explosion of cheers and just a whirlwind, right? An absolute yeah. whirlwind. And then, as you were talking about, this is what no one tells these, these draft picks tonight. Yeah. It's, a long, it's a long senior season. It's a long process to get to the draft. And then the draft feels like an ending of sorts, right? It feels like, okay, I can finally just like relax. I know where yeah. I'm going. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I need to hit the reset button because I have just entered a whole new world. And you have to... Not let up. You better put your foot on the pedal. You better keep going. No so question. when I showed up in, in Charlotte, it was like, okay, now time to compete for a job. When I checked into the hotel, so it's okay, Holiday Inn downtown. Okay, yes, I see you, Mr. Nortman. You're checking in. I see you're staying for 45 nights. And I was like, whoa, 45 nights. This is crazy. So it, it, it is only the beginning for these men tonight. And that's why the rookie burnout when you get to Thanksgiving is a real thing. No because question. not only is it a long season, but it is a – Yep, uh, the culmination of like 18 months to just get to that. Wow. Point. Yeah, because you're going from your season, your bowl game, assuming you play in the bowl game, yeah. Yeah. We, to like the, even like another bowl game, another, like, yeah, like senior the bowl. Senior bowl. Yep. Yeah, and then, and then you got your workouts, you, you crush it to get to that timing day, yeah. whether you're in the combine or not, and then you get, you get in the draft deal, and then you're in mini camps, uh, OTAs, you got workouts. And you got maybe like two weeks in July to it, get, gather yourself, and it, then you're in hell. It doesn't stop. And, and by midway through the season, you're so mentally and physically exhausted. So that's why, I mean, rookies, it, when a rookie comes in and does well, it is, it is otherworldly because there's, there's no reason he should do well. No, no the, Everything is stacked against him. So you're up, I mean, essentially you're up at 6 a.m. every day. Yeah. From whenever, I mean, basically the middle of April to December, you know, and the kid, kids usually sleep in a little bit, at least at 8 o'clock. I mean, I, <laughs> and, then, and then you go to work. You still get a, you get a six-hour day of football and working out and all this stuff, and you're in meetings. But now you're in it, you're in it for like 12 hours on, on certain days. Yeah. I mean, and you've got to be a student of the game. You've got to pick up everything. And it's, it's just never-ending, and you're getting your ass kicked, really, if you're not, unless you're just like some freaking nature, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's where the – I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way. I know, like, my first practice, my first real game in yeah. the NFL when I'm on the sideline, I couldn't believe how fast everybody was. I couldn't believe how hard the hits were. I went to the, you know, the Bucks game versus the Heat, and we had pretty good seats. You see it on TV that these guys are athletic and they're good. Man, when you see them in person, it's really something else. These guys, I mean, yeah. that, that's NBA, of course, different from NFL, but that's just – these guys are getting drafted tonight. They should celebrate. They should enjoy it. But they are in for it for a whole nother gear. This is only the beginning, which is exciting and scary Super all at the same exciting. time. Awesome stories from both of you. Appreciate you both sharing that. Tarek Sala, Brad Nortman, Alex Strofe with you. It is the Great Dane Huddle. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. $10 pitchers here tonight if you want to come on out. I uh, got a little over a half an hour until the draft kicks off with both of the teams, or both of these guys were drafted by the team that picks number one tonight, the Carolina Panthers, who traded up uh, with the Chicago Bears a couple months back now. Uh, for that number one pick, Chicago boot moves back to pick number nine. So just to run you through the top five picks real quick, Carolina goes number one. They'll likely take Bryce Young. Houston picks number two, which is where things get a little bit interesting because they also hang on to pick number 12. Right, so they could go Will Anderson, who's uh, you know a, a unanimous the top defender in this draft, uh, the the outside linebacker from Alabama, and a lot of people think maybe Will Anderson goes two, 
and the Texans would think about quarterback later at pick number 12 because they have Davis Mills, but could a guy like Anthony Richardson fall to number 12? So that's an interesting uh, dilemma that the Texans are in with both picks 2 and 12. Pick number 3 currently... I say currently for a reason, belongs to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, reports have come out within the last 90 minutes that the Carolina Panthers, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans, who hang on to pick number 11, are in talks for a deal for wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, which would send both Hopkins and pick number 3 to Tennessee in exchange for pick number 11, which makes no sense to me at all. I know he has a big contract, but they're also going to get rid of pick number three. I imagine there might be a first-round pick tied into that next year. Nothing official yet, but that is uh, that is what's on the table right now as the Cardinals are in talks with Tennessee for pick number three as well as uh, the wide receiver currently on Arizona's roster, DeAndre Hopkins. Indianapolis holds on to pick number four. They'll likely go quarterback and Seattle pick number five uh, with that deal for Russell Wilson a year ago. They hang on to Denver's first-round pick from this year. So Seattle, who had a really nice year with Geno Smith, hangs on to pick number five because they traded Russell Wilson. So those are your top five picks uh, coming up in about a half an hour uh, on ESPN as well as you can hear every pick broken down right here on the Great Dane Huddle. When we return, we talk about the Packers trading Aaron Rodgers and moving up two spots in this year's draft. That's all next as we get Brad Nortman and Tarek Sala's reaction on the Aaron Rodgers trade right here on the Great Dane Huddle. Reaction to the football weekend continues. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Special draft edition of the Great Dane Huddle Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg. Alex Stroke, Brad Nortman, Tarek Sala with you until 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, before we dive in a little bit to this Aaron Rodgers trade and everything that's gone on with the Packers and Jets this week, i got to tell you about my friends over at Condon Jewelers, the jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side. Diamond Jim, the owner of the store, is always in the store seven days a week, ready to hook you up whether you're looking to take the next step in your relationship whether you're looking to treat yourself he's got a bunch of watches citizen rolex you name it he's got it in store he's ready to help you you can also go online condon jeweler singular.com condon jeweler.com or visit condon jewelers on the east side of madison next to office depot across from the east town mall condon jewelers the jeweler on the east side the jeweler on your side two words from each of you fellas reaction to aaron Rodgers. keep it fcc appropriate Tarek. two words Aaron Rodgers traded to the New York Jets. Your reaction in two words. Uh, wow, this is nece- good. <laughs> necessary move. Yeah, that's like, good. That's good. I like that. Brad Nortman, two words. Now, this isn't meant, meant to sound sarcastic, but thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, like, it's worth it for, like, the thank you for all the great years. Yeah. But, like... See ya. Mine's in the same realm. I would say finally done. Okay, finally done. And I love Aaron Rodgers. You guys know, both know, I've been talking about this for months. I did not want uh, the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. I I love winning. I'm a Packers fan. I think he gives you the best chance to win. Uh, But it's finally done. It's a really difficult thing because he is, you know, a top 10 quarterback in the league right now. It's safe to say. We don't have to argue that. And, you know, I think back to draft night, whatever it was, four years ago. 
I knew that was a big mistake when they went and got Love. And, you know, coming off, I think, an NFC championship loss. And they trade basically what was a, amounted to a first-round pick because Love wasn't going to be a, a benefit to you. And they traded a fourth-round pick. And you're sitting there, and everyone's argument was, that Aaron was offended that he's going to have to compete, and it wasn't that wasn't the case. He was offended right. because we weren't building a championship team. Absolutely, and that that was it. That was it. Yeah, and and you know, I don't know. You know, I hope love turns out the right way, but I don't think that he had the. You know, sometimes you, you have to have the buy-in, right? And he didn't have the buy-in, and you you want everybody to be in, and he wasn't he wasn't in after that. I think I think in the end, he just kind of off-season, he was away. He should have been here last year, season. But, you know, after a while, you know, so originally, you know, I felt more on his side, but eventually you got to you either got to buy in or not, right? Yeah. And so then I got tired of it, and I'm personally, and I'm like, good riddance. You're you know? turning into Jim Rutledge before you know it, Tarek. Yeah. All of a sudden. But I think everybody felt that way. Like, no, we're tired right. of the whining and all this stuff. And, and we all in our own jobs have things that don't go our way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, we give you everything benefit of the doubt. And give you all this, but now it's time you got to turn the page eventually, or you just be a cancer to the organization. Yeah, and you know, looking at the compensation they got, right? They, they hang on to, so they move up two picks tonight. They get pick thirteen, give the Jets back pick fifteen. They get a second round pick, pick forty two overall, and then they get a pick next year, right? They swapped like some fifth and sixth round picks for day three later in the week. Uh, we won't dive into that minutia, but next year they also get the Jets second round pick, but it becomes a first round pick as long as Rodgers plays sixty five percent of the snaps, which means he has to play eleven games essentially, roughly around 11 games next year. So if the Jets are at least 500, he's going to play 11 games. So the Packers will likely get, uh, as soon as, assuming he's healthy and they're winning, we'll get so a first-round pick next year. This is my own curiosity. If, I, if you're the Jets and you just go, Brad, you just go, you know what, we're, just, we're, not give you, we're going to give you one first-round pick or we're going to give you a second and a third. Yeah. You know, we're taking them. What's, what, what do the Packers do? Like, what's the recourse? Uh, where, where do you go? In terms of if that's all they offered? No, like, yeah, the Jets go, look, we're not giving you any, We're going to take them for, like, very little. Well, then you start calling other teams. Would you? And so why weren't, why weren't they calling other teams in this whole state? Why was it a big standout? Because, because they knew they were going to get them to bend. But it wasn't because Aaron liked the team? It, every, all the parties were in for it? Yeah. Because well, yeah. Aaron, Aaron had, had say over where he went, really. Yeah, and I, I think that they. I also think there's part of them that want to do right by Aaron. I just think it was if if Jets would have gave a laughable offer that looks nothing like this, right. I, the Packers wouldn't have taken it. I mean, they would just would have continued to hold out, hold out, hold out, hold out. Yeah, and then I mean, because the the Jets will have, you know given up on their season. Woody Johnson is an impatient owner, and I get yeah. it. I mean, they've been to the playoffs for 12 years, and you have an opportunity to go get Aaron Rodgers. You're going to pay that. Now the dynamics would have changed a little bit post draft. I just I just didn't think there was any way this wouldn't get done. And if it if it wouldn't have, like let's say the Jets never budge, yeah. and it gets to mid August, yeah, you start calling other teams. You know, I, I, know, there, I know. There, there was just I no just way. don't know why. No like way. I wish, as a Packer fan, we could have shopped him a little bit more. You know what I mean? And got and got a better deal. But I understand. Like they didn't want to trade within the division, right? Yeah. Um, I thought 
I thought San Fran would have been a great pick, but they didn't. They don't want to face them in the NFC Championship again, and with a Aaron Rodgers. I think the hard part with this deal was you just don't know how long he's going to play for. He's going to yeah. play for one or maybe two years. Who's going to give up a lot for that? And we already know he's been playing this kind of like flaky role. You know, for me, it was so interesting, right? So 2020 happened, where I believe it was 2020, where they drafted Love. Yep. And you know, pre that, Rodgers was always a little bit his own man, right? But that ushered in an era that was rebellious Rodgers, right? I mean, he was growing his hair out. He's wearing funky T-shirts. He's showing up as Con Air, right? right? I mean, the dude was just rebellion mode. He shows up in New York. He's got a haircut. He's wearing a polo. He looked good. He's throwing his receivers. He looked very handsome. He looked okay. He looked handsome. He He looked very handsome. This is like he he had his like rebellious teenager phase, and now he's back to being the quarterback that he was. Dialed in, clean cut. The guy that he was back in 2015 when I was playing him, and you know, in Carolina, and the Packers were kings of the kings of the North then too. So so this is all over. Jordan Love getting drafted, and then. Not yes. investing in the team. Yeah, it, but, it, it, had part, it, was, it, it had part to do with it, right? Because uh, he was also, you know, heading into that 21 offseason, which was after Love was, was drafted, to your point. He was blaming it more so on the treatment of veterans as they went out the door, right? He was not happy with the way, and I'm just throwing names out. I don't remember if this is exactly who he quoted, but, you know, guys like Josh Sitton and, yeah. and TJ Lang, as they were let, let out the door, he wasn't happy with how they were treated on their way out, which was interesting because the, the Packers handled the way Aaron Rodgers walked out 1265 Lombardi Ave with so much care, right? I, I mean, they, they, to, to Brad's point, they wanted to do right by Aaron. The Jets were the team he picked, so they waited six weeks yeah. to finally get the deal that they wanted in place ahead of draft night tonight. And, but, and you know, drafting love, we have to remember – that was coming off a pretty poor season by Rodgers' standpoint. And this whole idea that a quarterback can play in their late 30s, early 40s, that was still pretty yeah, new at the time. They were in the NFC Championship game. I think, I think they, I, they I struggled that, that year. 2019? Let's check that. Uh, 19, they were. Yeah, They, they were. were? They were what? Th- they were in the NFC Championship yeah. game, I think. Cause I swear the they were. I, I, that was my compl- – I, th- I thought if I look back at my memory – Yeah, that's right. Oh, you know what? They N- were. 19, they, they were. were. Yeah, they were. and then 20 was right. Tampa. Right. This, was, this was the deal where I was like, I rate. Like, how do you we, – we're right there. Yeah. yeah. And you go trade up for this guy. And yeah, then, and it I was think, 2018 that he took a step back, and then 2019 he did well. Yes. Is there a point to doing for the next guy as you didn't for the last guy? Will the Packers go tight end or wide receiver tonight? Speaking of 1265 Lombardi Avenue, we'll check in there with our buddy Jason Wilde right after this. It's the draft edition of the Great Dane Huddle live on ESPN Madison. The Great Dane Huddle continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Draft night special of the Great Dane Huddle, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh, Alex Rowe, former draftees, Tarek Sala, Brad Nortman with me, and we head up to Green Bay, Wisconsin. We head to 1265 Lombardi Avenue. That is where you will find the great Jason Wilde, who you hear weekday mornings, 9 to noon, alongside the Packers Hall of Famer, Mark Tauscher. Jason, how are you tonight, my friend? We talked a couple days ago. You hadn't really slept all week with all the Aaron Rodgers drama. I hope you got a good night's sleep last night, and you're feeling good today. How are you? Well, I got more sleep than Eric Name did. Uh, <laughs> I'm not at 1265 Lombardi Avenue just yet. I'm on my way there. But uh, a pleasure to join such esteemed former NFL draft picks 
and you, Stroke. Yeah, I'm no longer outnumbered, right? Me and you have something in common, Jason, and that is that we were both never drafted to the NFL. So we have that in common, at least. Well, maybe you don't know enough about my history, then. <laughs> Very funny. I know you're in your high school Hall of Fame, but not in the NFL Hall of Fame uh, or, or, or Draft Hall of Fame. I don't know if that exists. Nonetheless, uh, Jason, pick 13, the Packers pick swap as Tausche manifested uh, throughout this process of Aaron Rodgers being traded to the Jets. Does that change Brian Gutekunst's draft approach as he moves up from 15 to 13 in the first round? Uh, I don't think it changes it a ton. You know, two picks, while certainly great to move up two picks, I don't think it has that big of an impact. I would say that the second-round pick that they added tomorrow is the one that could affect not only what they do tomorrow, but what they do tonight. Now, do I think that there's enough value that they should go up and use one or both of those second-round picks to move up from 13 and into the top five or whatever it might be? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think given the number of needs they have, the smarter play would be to go the other direction. And maybe there's a quarterback that has stayed on the board to 13 and a team is willing to come up and mortgage some of its future to get that get that 13th pick and draft the quarterback again i don't know what's going to happen tonight but if i was betting i would think it's more likely for them to move back but goody did say that that extra second round pick gives them the ammunition to go up if they so choose jason it's your uh favorite punter former punter in media as we remember from our uh retirement ceremony <laughs> wow! Wow! That cuts deep. Wow. That cuts real the hell deep. Was that, Jason? I thought we were close, Jason. <laughs> that cuts real deep. Um, you know, as as you look at the first round draft picks under Goody's time, particularly, but even even further back than that, oftentimes Packers they don't draft the brand name guy, right? They're drafting guys in the first round. Now they've usually draft later in the first round, but they're usually guys that. Maybe I've, I've never heard of them, right? And then they're a bit of a surprise. What are the odds that something like that happens tonight? Would you be surprised? You know, there's all these mock drafts, and easier to mock draft when they're at 13. But would you be surprised if the draft pick comes around and it's not someone that we're familiar with? It's a, it's a surprise name like they kind of have done in the past? Yeah, I think that there's – you're right. At 13, that's pretty unlikely, right? Like, you might be – surprised by I don't know, they go offensive tackle, right? Which, again, I wouldn't be surprised by at all. I think David Bakhtiari is playing his final season in Green Bay. Uh, I don't think he's got a $40 million cap number next year. So I I wouldn't be surprised at all if they went tackle. So whether it's Peter Skaronsky or it's Harris Johnson if he falls to them or it's Broderick Jones, whoever it might be, I won't be surprised by that. I think it's pretty hard to pull a real surprise at 13 where it's, say, someone who all the mock draft, draft mix types have in, like, the second round. Whereas when you're drafting at the bottom of the first round, it's pretty easy to take a guy who, quote-unquote, experts don't have going in the first round. So I would be really shocked by that. I would say this, his first-round draft picks have been uh, uneven, if we're being kind, 
Um, Jair Alexander is terrific. Um, I think Rashawn Gary is going to be really good. He's got to come back from an injury here. Um, but I, as long as they don't take somebody from Georgia uh, for the fourth straight first round pick. <laughs> So, Will, the, uh, this is Tarek. How you doing, man? Good to hear your voice. Uh, yeah, Tarek, I'm familiar with your work. Been a big fan of yours for a long time. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking of the defense, you, you alluded to, what, you know, is the defense, are they missing leadership? What, what are we missing on the defense? Uh, how long is the program? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on paper, we got you had two first-round picks. Rashawn Gary is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You get you get some decent middle linebackers. You get some guys interior that are pretty good. What, what are we No, missing? you're right. I, I think, well, there's a few things. That, and I would like to point out for our audience that Tarek's the only one who had, had to really introduce himself. And he's the one I've known the longest, which I don't yeah. think. But be that as it may. Hey, Jason, it's Alex Strofe here, by the way. Hey! Hey, Jesse Nelson. <laughs> I'd love to He actually is. He's, he's, he's just behind us. Uh, look, Tarek, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what's missing, but it feels like it's a bunch of little things that when you add them up, they're not a top 10 defense. Like, you know, I think they're missing some creativity of scheme. Uh, I think now they're missing a veteran safety that's reliable, right? I mean, they're, it, they're all indications are that while Adrian Amos was not exactly the second coming of Nick Collins, he was steady, he was consistent, not a huge playmaker, but never missed a game in his four years in Green Bay. Reliable guy. Um, Darnell Savage, okay player, but mm-hmm. certainly not a, a first-round pick production from him. And if they had a do-over, uh, they probably wouldn't have given him the fifth-year option at this time last year, right? So yeah. there's disappointment there in the back end. They've got a top-flight corner. I think Rasul Douglas is a really good player when he plays outside. I thought he was miscast inside. They're giving that job to Keyshawn Nixon. They liked what he did there in addition to kick return. I'm not as sold on Eric Stokes as House once was. Uh, I didn't think he finished his rookie season that impressively. Um, I think the, the Andre Campbell took a major step back. I thought Quay Walker was really good for a rookie, but now he's not a rookie anymore. He's made on that curve anymore. And then their defensive line, you know, they, they lost a couple of guys that weren't stars, but certainly were reliable. Uh, I'll say this, one of the greatest defensive tackles that NFL <laughs> Oh, boy. Jason, are you hooked up to your car, Bluetooth, or something? We're losing you. Jason's quoting Field Yates, but I can't hear him. Jason, I, I don't know if you cooked up your, your car, Bluetooth, but we got a horrible sound, and we lost you there for a moment. And there's that horrible sound again. Jason, I don't know what's happening. As we chat with Jason Wilder here well, on the great Dane Huddle, Tarek. What, one of my concerns you know, is Rashawn Gary, and I think Rashawn Gary's an amazing talent. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I, You've been very critical on him. I, I, I think he's lazy. I think he's been underperforming since freshman year of college. He was the number one recruit, and, and some, some, some people say he was the best recruit in 20 years. He has not lived up to what his ability is. I'd rather have uh, numer- numerous edge rushers than him. He's a 10-sack-a-year guy. You need to be a 20-sack-a-year guy. He's not there yet. I have a feeling that maybe in this draft, if, if there's an edge rusher that could help push him a little bit, 
that they will go yeah. after him. Uh, you know, that would be the only defender that I think that they would take in that first round. Yeah. Um, I do think in that first round that we're going to look at offensive linemen as, as – uh, Jason alluded to. Well, and then I think that maybe a, a slot receiver or tight end. Well, Jason, uh, I don't know if Sorry. you were visiting Aaron Rodgers' beautiful house where there's a lack of <laughs> cell reception, but it's good to have you back. Your response to Tarek Sala uh, and his analysis there, if you heard all of it. Uh, first of all, you guys need to FaceTime me, obviously. Secondly, <laughs> how, how long was I talking to myself? Did you hear my line about Aaron Donald? We lost you at about when you referenced Field Yates. I don't remember referencing field games, so that's a real that's right. concern. You're definitely a football um, player. We, we forget a lot so, from those hits to the head. So Aaron, Aaron <laughs> Donald was 13th overall pick. Um, they've got they, – they, I think they can find an impact edge rusher or defensive player there and keep their streak alive of drafting defensive players almost exclusively in the first round. Now, to, to Tarek's point, so – Couch loves Rashawn Gary. I like him, but the guy that I'm I'm not sure what to make of is Preston Smith. He led them with eight and a half sacks last year, but I, I'm not sure that I would look at Preston Smith a field tilted player. So if there's a chance to get a an edge rusher that you believe can come in and have an impact right away, even if you have to move up a few spots to get him, I think you do that. So, so, Jason, is Rashawn Gary, is he lazy? No, I don't think it's that. So, like, you know, I don't know. How many stars of a recruit were you? I don't know. I'd probably be like a three. Did they exist back then? They was close. Tom Lemming started doing some things back then. But um, I'm just trying to call yeah, you old Tark. I put myself yeah. at best a three, maybe maybe a two. You know, okay, because because I I know Nortman was more heavily recruited than Joe Thomas, so I didn't want to ask him. That's but right. There wasn't that's, enough stars. That's in the record. Books. Maybe ten stars for uh, Nortman <laughs> at least. Right. At least. But but I think I think it's hard for any player that is viewed the way Rashawn Gary was coming out of high school. He didn't live up to his billing at Michigan, and at this point in Green Bay. You know, there's a lot of people that want to call him an elite pass rusher, but even before his injury, I don't think he was to that level. So, you know, I don't think he's lazy by any stretch. I think he works really hard. I just, I don't think that he's as has. So, you there, Jason? I think we no, lost we Jason Welde. Well, I, it's my, top of the my, hour anyway. I tell you, my next question was going to be, would you have paid Rashawn Gary? 130 million. <laughs> if, he, if he was healthy, what's your fascination with Rashawn Gary? No, I'm just, but it's a huge part. But you're fascinated by him. I'm fascinated you are. You've always been very critical, and you're fascinated by him. Be, I am because he's six foot three, two seven. So you're jealous of him? No, oh. I mean, I, I, dude. <laughs> I, I'm a. I want the Packers to do well, and you have this guy who is supposed to be, you know, Aaron Donald or or T.J. Watt, and he doesn't live up to that, and, and then it permeates around the defense, and you have a lazy, uh, uh, underperforming defense with all this talent. That's the problem. And if your leader is lazy, then it's just throwing out please. No doubt about it. He's Tarek Sala. Brad Nortman, Alex Stroh with you. It is a special draft night edition of the Great Dane Huddle. We'll reconnect with Jason Wilde later in the night as uh, I imagine – Probably close after or, or close before the Packers are on the clock at pick number 13. We'll reconnect with Jason Wildey. So in the meantime, I hope he takes care 
and is good. Take care, be good is this thing. I don't know. I try to fit it in. Uh, we are less than a minute away from the commissioner hitting the podium in Kansas City, Missouri, as the 2023 NFL Draft gets underway. We're back in a flash as we get things going. One hour down, three to go. It is the draft night edition of the Great Dane Huddle, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. Everybody, huddle up. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, this is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN. With former Badger and NFL punter Brad Nortman and Rose Bowl champions Tarek Sala and Derek Engler, here's Alex Strofe. Numero dos of the Great Dane Huddle Live for the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. Our first course is in front of us. Tarek, of course, eating while we're on the air, per usual. Good to have him back. Brad Nortman here as well. I'm Alex Strope. It is the Great Dane Huddle. As the montage being played with Rob Riggle of the Kansas City, well, he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and Brian Baumgartner, Kevin from the office, wearing his Packers gear on the draft montage being shown on ESPN as it is officially 7 o'clock, which means the team that drafted both Tarek Sala and Brad Nortman will be on the clock momentarily. The Carolina Panthers hanging on to the first overall pick in tonight's NFL draft. Brad, you are smiling with glee. You know what's amazing to me? We're watching this, and, I mean, there's thousands of people there, millions watching online, us yep. included, yep. and we're about to got, watch a guy read names. He's going to be reading names. That, I mean, that is just like the <laughs> whatever. Well, when you, NFL, when NFL, you boil it down to the simplest of yeah, concepts, just reading right. names, and that is just it, it's it's wild. It's hard to believe, and it's beautiful. <laughs> I love the NFL for it. The excitement. Look at that Panther fan right there. They give give them some Bryce Young. You know her, don't you? Probably. <laughs> she, she probably wore the Nortman jersey at some point. But I just I find it so entertaining that I and I am fully bought in. I love the draft. I just want to watch some names being read. Let's, it's let's, crazy. Let's it's crazy that it's, it's, it's so exciting with just names being read. I mean, yep. it, it, phenomenal. The NFL maybe top three brands in, yeah. in America. And, and it's hope, right? That's what, that's Nike what people, and Apple, the other two? I mean, what would the other two be? Yeah, I mean, Google, Coca-Cola. Um, ESPN. Yeah. It's the top five. Um, ESPN. McDonald's. ESPN, ESPN. <laughs> of course. Yep course but it's it's awesome i mean i just it, it's hope right i mean every team is thinking that this could be the pick that turns the tide and, and brings their team to success in the fall and and i love it it's, it's good memories for you and i Tarek. and yeah. uh man can we just get the first pick underway yeah i'm ready to get this, this come thing on, started man so right. it, kansas city winning the super bowl has nothing to do with them hosting this right they've already predetermined this, this mm. the, yeah this is this, uh, decided about three years in advance because i know the packers in green bay are in talks of the 2025 draft, I believe, so two years away, maybe 26. Uh, but I know they, they continue to throw their name in the hat. So the draft will be coming to Green Bay at some point, which means when that happens, this show will be done at an uh, impromptu set-up Great Dane location in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Well, that would be fantastic. What a, what a day that would be. The crowds yeah. for that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that any of us would be in the shape to be on the air at 6 Ing p.m. Ingler will not miss that, I promise you. He, he won't be hung yeah. up at an airport Port, in Atlanta? No. 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 Good. Good. Well, pick number one belongs to the Panthers. Pick two, the Houston Texans. Pick number three, as of now, belongs to the Arizona Cardinals. But, again, it's been reported throughout the night 
that they are in talks with the Tennessee Titans to trade both the number three pick and wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins to, uh, to Tennessee in exchange for pick number 11, which Tennessee hangs on to right now. And I imagine there's some more compensation uh, uh, beyond that. But that is what is being reported right now by both Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. So we'll keep you posted. Uh, there will be trades throughout the night, but I want to familiarize you with the sounds we will be using and what they indicate tonight. So Hunter Vaughn, our producer back in the Park Bank, or excuse me, just the ESPN Madison studio, has these sounds. So when a pick is in, you will hear this sound. And if a trade comes in, you will hear this sound. So again, Tarek, oh, I, I know, that. like you said, you have short memory. Let's, Let's do that do again. again. If a pick comes in, you'll hear this. One of the best sounds in sports, by the way. Oh, Can we do that chills. one more time? One more time, the draft sound. Oh, that's so good. Best time of the year. And then if a trade comes in, you will hear this sound. So those are the tones to keep an eye on tonight as we are with you till 10 o'clock here on the Great Dane Huddle. That draft sounds so good. Oh, it gives me chills. It's as good as the March Madness theme. It is. Right? I mean, those, those are two of the best sounds in sports. Such a great sound. Uh, as the Carolina Panthers will be on the clock momentarily, we are still awaiting the arrival of the commissioner, Roger Goodell. You know, one thing I, I remember back when the draft was over, you know, it started at 10 a.m. and all that. It, it was almost like the Masters. You, just, you, like, you know how you can, like, take a nap during the Masters and still wake up? You get caught up. You get... It's just it's a full day of fun or a full night. I mean, obviously, you know, being at the Great Dane Huddle, we could have a lot of fun, drink beers and all that. But you could just, you know, in your worst moment, you could enjoy the draft and just sit there and just follow, follow your team and get, get take a nap or get caught up, whatever you got to do. It's just, it's just an easy, fun event. You know what's so funny to me is when you watch, like, old NFL documentaries and they're going through the draft – they're just in some hotel ballroom at a yeah. table kind of like ours, and their helmet's on there, and they're just there's just these dudes in a room, and they're just like writing on a piece of paper, and they hand it to someone. You got the old like rotary phone yeah. to see what that was, and now what it is, and what we're what we're looking at is just it's incredible. the The growth of the NFL brand, it's as strong as it's ever been, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's it's gonna be a fun night. Well, the commissioner has taken the stage in Kansas City. He is joined by, uh, now I don't know their name, I think Eric Stone Street. He's in Modern Family, right? I don't know who the other lady is. She looks familiar, though. What's she from? I don't, I don't know. She's in something I watched recently. She also Modern Family, maybe? SNL. Saturday Night Live, is that right? Okay, she's in something else, too, that I recently watched. But I know he's in, uh, he's in Modern Family, nonetheless. Uh, the commissioner on the stage announcing uh, to the people of Kansas City they're happy to be there as well as put the Carolina Panthers on the clock. Will we be shocked if it's anybody but Bryce Young? I would be, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I'd be, yeah, I'd be shocked. Now, we got to talk about this Reddit rumor that came out earlier in the week. Now, Tarek, are you familiar with what Reddit is? You know, I get like an email every day from them, but I, I wipe it out right away. So I'm not, give, me, give me some. So it's, it's, it's a long-time website and app that, that's a forum. Remember forums? They were yeah. big in like the aughts in the early 2010s, and now Twitter's kind of taking the place of a forum. Um, and so somebody signed up for Reddit early or last week and uh, had never posted anything on Reddit. And then they posted a thread in the NFL page that just said, uh, Will Levis of Kentucky, your, your, your guy, Tarek, yep. has been telling his friends and family that Carolina is interested in taking him at number one overall, right? 
And then the betting odds. Who's the uh, source? Uh, anonymous source on Reddit. Yeah. And now the but the betting odds. You know, this is the this is the important part. The betting odds have changed from plus four thousand for Will Levis to go first overall down to plus four hundred. For Will Levis to go number one overall. So do with that information what you will. Did, did you see his response to it? No, I didn't. It's a great response. You know what he said? What did he say? Well, of course you should believe everything you read on Reddit. <laughs> so he's basically not saying yes. He's not saying no. He's being funny with it. I thought that was a brilliant yeah. response. That Absolutely is really brilliant. brilliant. I love a little that. humility in there. Right? Yeah. A little bit. Like yeah. Because, hey, like, is he joking? Really is he not? Anything you read? Look who's <laughs> behind the microphone now holding the Lombardi Trophy, the Super Bowl mm. champion, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, also on the stage in Kansas City as they kick the festivities off in Kansas City, Missouri for this year's NFL draft. So a star-studded stage right now in Kansas City. I am getting impatient. I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. I'm getting a little impatient. It's a lot of theatrics. I mean, we haven't even started yeah. the clock yet. No, we haven't. Yeah, and Jason Kelsey is looking exactly how I envisioned Well, Travis Jason. Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, yeah. yeah. Jason uh, lost Kelsey. Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's looking about as I expected him. Yeah, yeah. like a white button-up holding the Lombardi <laughs> trophy. Those two have so much fun. Patrick Mahomes and Travis they Kelsey. They live good lives. Yes. <sighs> it's funny. You know, you know they're going to, you know, basically Mahomes is going to throw it to Kelsey. You know, everyone knows it, but they can't stop it. It's a, it's a phenomenon. Yeah, they're going to win another I mean, Super they, Bowl next year. Every probably. time Kelsey gets open, he knows how to deal. I mean, if you're in a zone, forget about it. He's going to figure out where the hole is, and they're going to connect. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers there are officially on the clock. The graphic is up. The clock has started. And the team that drafted both Tarek Sala and Brad Nortman is officially on the clock. So I got a question. Yeah. They know who they're going to pick, right? Well, of course they do. How quickly do you think they get the pick in? Uh, it'll, it'll take it nine for, minutes. You think it'll take the whole well, thing? Well, right, because Just take your time. Now, I, know, I know the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner, which I watched again on Tuesday. Great movie, in my opinion. It's not very realistic, though. Oh, come uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very realistic. However, I do believe one part that is realistic is they all have their uh, – they have their – tradition in the draft room the war room if you will right they all put the pick in together they call it in together they take their time they say hey fellas it's been a long time come in the general manager in, in carolina probably giving a little bit of a pep talk i don't even know who the gm is there these days do you either of um, you know i have no idea oh who it is. man i just there's been him. so much turnover recently yeah. well there there is there is the draft room so they're all in they're talking they're, they're gonna give a pep talk and then they're gonna call in bryce young um the but quarterback you think you think they're giving a pep talk yeah, I think so. Does Carolina, if Carolina only has one pick tonight, if I'm not mistaken, and they do. So, yeah, a little bit of a pep talk. going to be a fun weekend. Can I say, in theory, can they actually have a contract agreed upon already with them? Do they? I, I, heard, I don't think I legally, don't think so. but no, but they the, could. No, but the verbal agreement of, hey. Well, they know they're taking them, yeah. Yeah, so the, why would they be negotiating right away and get them, get them signed? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've, I've heard think, of that I, before. But I think but the whole thing with the, the draft is you are legally putting in the rights for that player. So I think they can tell him, like, You're, we're going to take you, but it's all verbal until it's official. Yeah. As I believe. But they can go, hey, listen, we're going to, you know, what, what is it going to take to sign you? And, you know, the agent's going to say, well, it's whatever, $20 million and But it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're able to do that or not. But. All right, let's take a break now so when we come back we can hear from the commissioner, Roger Goodell, and him announcing Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young. Unless I'm crazy, going number one to the Carolina Panthers. The draft starts now. You're listening live to the Great Dane Huddle, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. 
Reaction to the football weekend continues next. This is The Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. is what the sign says in the Panthers draft room is we were correct they still have not put in the pick 345 to go on the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft you've been on the clock for three months how do you not know yet that's my biggest that's my biggest issue with the yeah. NFL draft is they give you 10 minutes per pick in the first round the Carolina Panthers have had the first pick since what early March late February how do they not know yet is there any chance they're like wait a minute are we sure we want this guy? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You guys both so. played there. You would so, know better than me. Hey, the iconic brand wants to soak up the theater. Hey, right? You want to you lead up to it. You know what, too? The Carolina Panthers, they have a track record of drafting studs. No question. Tark Sala, Brad Norman. Yeah, they do. The world. They, they, get, they better Chris Orr. pick right. Well, he Chris was an Orr. undrafted free agent. Yeah. But nonetheless, they signed so, him. High stakes. High stakes for the Carolina Panthers. All right. The pick is in. But will when will the commissioner come to the podium is the question. The theatrics that Tarek Sala alludes to are certainly taking place here in Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be a long haul before the Green Bay Packers get on the clock at pick number 13. Uh, but we'll be with you until that happens here on the Great Day in Huddle. We'll also be with you after the pick is in for the Green Bay Packers, whether that's at pick 13 or if that's at pick 29. We'll be here uh, awaiting to see what the Green Bay Packers do here in the first round. I'm Alex Struff alongside former draftees of the Carolina Panthers, Brad Nortman, the former punter uh, at, at Wisconsin, and uh, the all-time sacks leader at the University of Wisconsin, whoa. and former Carolina Panthers draftee, Tarek Sala. What do you mean, whoa? You act like I've never said that before. Well, I don't know. it's awfully kind of you. Well, it's, it's a fact. It's not awfully kind. It's a fact. I'm just stating facts, Tarek. As much as I like to argue with well, you, I, I, I do, I do I like to state the facts. So. <laughs> The thing about the number one overall pick is it's typically anticlimactic, right? I, I mentioned they've known forever uh, who they're going to take here. It's going to be Bryce Young, I would assume. Mm -hmm. And now we just have to wait 87 years to find out officially if it's Bryce Young. But the camera's zooming in. Is the commissioner coming onto the podium? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? It's All right. Uh, Roger Goodell heading to the podium. Here he is live in Kansas City. Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. So it is official. The Carolina Panthers have selected Alabama quarterback Bryce Young with the number one overall pick. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's what we got out of that. <laughs> yeah. Great. It's not like we knew that three minutes ago or anything. Well, I think it is kind of dope. I agree, Ron Dane. It is kind of dope. Bryce Young, <laughs> the, the future starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, and they beefed up the offense this offseason. So uh, Bryce Young going to have some nice targets to throw to in Carolina, but a, a good pick. I mean, it was a home run. It was a slam-dunk pick for Carolina here at number one. Look, I, th I think this is the way to go for them. You just need a guy that's going to be an adult in the room. He's been on big stages. Alabama is as NFL as it comes as far as environment and coaching and playing in the SEC. And honestly, the Panthers have been starved for a quarterback long enough. If, if you're going to put a haul forward for the first pick overall and get your guy, you really cannot take that risk. You need a guy. If, if, you, if you don't have an NFL quarterback, if you don't have an NFL starting caliber quarterback, 
this is what's going to happen, right? The Panthers are just, they've, they've been hopeless. They've been hopeless these last couple of years. Finally some hope. Finally a guy that can deliver the football accurately. Now you just got to protect him. Protect so now, that, that yeah. small frame. Before we get to uh, analysis, real quick, random fact I didn't notice that they're popping up on ESPN. Bryce Young is the first Alabama player drafted number one in the common draft era. That's that incredible. is bonkers. First, to me. The first what? He is the first Alabama player right. drafted number one overall in the common draft era, which is bonkers for how good they've been. Anyway, Tarek, your, your response to uh, to Brad and Bryce I, Young being drafted? I really got mixed feelings, but I agree with the, the intangibles and, and his his moxie and his command, and right. his ability to 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 lead and do those types of things. I think my only concern is is you know being fragile and, and, he's, and, and his size right he's only five yeah, ten and a half I mean, look he's, he's he's skinny there i mean it doesn't look like he's gained a lot of weight so i don't know you know i i, I feel like this quarterback draft as a whole isn't is not as um i, I don't know as, as promising as i felt in the past with some other quarterback classes but you know i really question everyone's ability to evaluate quarterbacks because we all think they, you know, there's, you could name probably a hundred quarterbacks over the last twenty years that it, you know, they grade out great. They they played great in college. Yeah. They throw the ball on a dime. They do all this stuff. But then when the ball snaps in the NFL, things change. It's a very difficult position to, to evaluate. When I would talk to scouts and you know assistant GMs, and when they have a, when, when you get to know them there, you're there for a while. They have, they're a bit honest with you. They will tell you that everybody, and I mean everybody, even from the John Elways and Andrew Lux to the Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy's. Yeah. Everybody is a prospect. There are there's no guarantees, there's no home runs, and it's it's literally a guess and go type situation. Yeah, and Mel Kiper Jr. was on Wildey and Tausch a couple of weeks back and he pretty much said this is not a very good draft at the top. No. Right? It's 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 a fine draft. There's of course good players and there will be Hall of Famers that come out of this draft class. But at the top, this isn't a very good draft. Which is, uh, which is fascinating coming from the guy that knows it better than anybody in Mel Kuyper Jr. And I, I read somewhere that Bryce Young was the only quarterback that actually received a first-round grade. The first, the other quarterbacks wouldn't even be first-round caliber by traditional standards. But Tarek mentioned it earlier, right? You reach for quarterbacks. But exactly right. I mean, it is the most important position in all of sports. If you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing. You cannot win. So we're going to see at least four quarterbacks go tonight. And and when even when consensus is... Look, the quarterback draft class not that good this year. Yeah, and when they when they kind of reclassified their uh, compensation, if you would, if I could use that word, the the risk isn't as high. I mean, back in the the two thousands, I mean, you're getting you're getting guys. They were getting a hundred million. I yeah, mean, uh, it was the, risky. The, the guy from uh, Oklahoma, uh, uh, Sam Sam Bradford. Yeah, he got like. Ninety million or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, there, there, and and they said the NFL said enough's enough. Yeah, we're going to take it down. And now, guys don't mind reaching because yeah, you know maybe they're going to have like a fifty million dollar total comp, but they spread it out over five years. It, it's more palatable. Yeah, and, and they're they're willing to take those risks for but that reason. There is an argument to be made that you should just keep on picking quarterbacks every three years until you get your guy because you, you just need yeah. one that desperately. And I'll, I'll be curious no to see what the Texans do. I wonder if they go with the quarterback. Uh, well, I made the mistake of looking on Twitter. Should I spoil oh, it for you? you gotta... I made the mistake. I'm not going to spoil it No, for don't you. spoil I'm, it. I'm going to wait until Goodell hits the stage, but I made the mistake. If you don't want to know ahead of time, don't go on Twitter. Why, I, I just why, learned that. How does Twitter know? People are leaking it. I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not the one doing it. 
Interesting. Yeah, it's it happens every year. I do my best to avoid it, but yeah, uh, I, I stumbled right into it this time. Uh, okay, about this, were you surprised? I was. Really? I was surprised. Yes. Wow. That is. Do you, do you agree with cool. the pick? I do. Yes. Okay. I do agree with the pick. Yes. This is, um, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's all I give you. Great segue. Yeah. That's all I give you. That's okay. all I give you. I'm gonna guess then. I'm gonna guess it is. Um, oh boy. Okay, I'm gonna guess it's another quarterback, and I'm gonna guess it is. C.J. Stroud. I'm not going to tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay. Wait a minute, but that was that was you said it was a surprise. C.J. Stroud. Right? Well, I, 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 I mean, C.J. has for what it's worth. I thought Will Anderson was going to go number two. Oh well, then that's not fun. I from what I've been seeing, C.J. Stroud well, has that's been not falling fun, like a rock. He says. That's not fun. I was fun. anticipating C.J. Stroud. That, that's my. Well, then you won't be surprised. Oh. Oh wait, no. wait, wait a minute. Wait oh, a minute. wait a minute. Oops. Yeah. Whoopsies. Whoopsies. Uh, C.J. Stroud. <laughs> yeah, it's C.J. Okay. Stroud. Uh, at least what I saw on Twitter, but you don't know what Twitter these days, right? Because you could subscribe and get a blue check mark and whatever. So I didn't even read the name and tweeted it. I just saw it on Twitter and I closed it immediately. I'm but sure that, I did see CJ Stroud. I'm yes. sure you saw the results on this S2 test for him or whatever. Uh, Goodell at the podium right now with pick number pick two. In the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select CJ Stroud, Phew. quarterback, Ohio State. <laughs> there you go. I wonder if he'll yeah. be able to break the. You know, Ohio State quarterback well, curse. And we know Tarek is very passionate about this. Tell us about the history of Ohio State quarterbacks. Well, the, the last quarterback, I think, to be a, a, a good starter was Mike Tomczak, uh, Chicago Bears. Now, he, you know, they, they use the word franchise. He's not a franchise I don't believe he was. Uh, We've got to get Rulledge on to discuss that. But yeah. they, haven't, they haven't had a quarterback. I don't I, you know, there's Arch Schluster who got caught. This is back in like I don't 80s. even know who that is. Yeah. He, he got caught gambling. I don't know. He he might have been on a, a free agent. I I don't know if they've ever had a quarterback that was really a franchise quarterback. Yeah. And so that's a concern. I do think our guy Fields at uh, Chicago has a promise. So this the tide might be turning here with these two guys because they have all the ability in the world to go do it. Um, I don't know. I feel like if he had the intangibles of young. Uh, of Bryce Young, you know, with his height and stature, no I feel like he, he would be the, you know, everyone would be like, dude, no, no doubt, number one. Yeah, I could see that. But, but yeah, they just haven't, they haven't put out a quarterback, and you know, no, they really like, haven't. You're right it's just about a different that. offense, you know, especially now. Yeah, um, I, I can't speak for what happened in the '90s and the '80s, but um, you know, they just, it's, it's a lot. I think it's very programmed, and then we're we're starting to run that offense here. Yeah, which is fine because they win, they win in college. But I think the transition to the NFL is just—it's just hard to get quarterbacks. So it's not just really necessarily the Ohio State system. Well, and when you think about it too, and honestly, this is a this same argument is an argument for Will Levis. Well, that's a great pass right there. I'm seeing in these highlights. Yeah. But generally speaking, he's throwing to absolutely elite receivers that are open against. Uh, defenses that are not as good talent. as their offense, yeah. inferior talent. So, I mean, Ohio State has sort of become wide receiver U when you look at the type of guys they're getting, the separation. So, the, and he has the two best left tackle or left yeah. and right tackles in the game. So the difficulty level not quite as hard. You could look at Will Levis and say he has been dealing with a, a, a lack of talent on his side of the ball, playing SEC defenses, and yeah. he's still doing well. So that'd be an argument for Will Levis, but you know. C.J. Stroud's story is pretty wild. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he was basically like homeless as a kid. He crashed on his buddies' couches. Wow. Um, 
Pretty wild story. I'm pretty sure that's correct. No doubt um, about it. So pretty cool to see. And yeah. uh, well, the what thing a story. is consistent, at least from what I know. And it seems like a lot these kids that come out of Ohio State are good kids. Yes. I mean, Justin Fields, great kid. That, I mean, that's that's a big part of no doubt like, why he's got buy-in from the the, the Chicago Bears. Um, and they have a lot of other good kids on that team. That's I mean, that's why they win. They win. It's, they have great talent, and they got good kids. Well, Ohio State is very, very easy to hate as a Badger fan. <laughs> yeah. But generally speaking, every Ohio State player I've come across, really good guys. Yeah. Hardworking, talented. Um, you know? Yeah. So they're just good guys. So. Not a whole lot different than Wisconsin, though. I've nope. got two hardworking fellas right next to me. Tarek Sala, yeah. Brad Norman, and Alex Strip. Let's do this. Let's take a break because Arizona might be moving the picks, so this might take some time. When we come back. Picks three, four, and five. Arizona, Indianapolis, and Seattle. Coming up next, it's the Great Dane Huddle Draft Special live for the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg. Reaction to the football weekend continues. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. The Great Dane Huddle Draft Edition live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. We went over the sounds before. Let's hit the one we haven't heard yet. The Arizona Cardinals have traded pick number three to the team that just picked at number two. The Houston Texans are going back-to-back picks at the top of the draft, and the pick is in for Houston. And this is where I think they go with Will Anderson. As the pick is in, we await the commissioner to confirm what I thought all along. I thought I thought they would go Anderson too, and then quarterback later, but they went with C.J. Strouded too. They trade up to number three. They ha- they had pick twelve. I imagine they lose that now. So that becomes Houston at number three. I'm just trying to jot this all down so I can keep track of this. Um, what a wild happening here. I did not. I figured Houston might want to move from 12. I didn't see them moving all the way up to three. What a heck. D'Amico Ryan's the new head coach in Houston as he is beefing up that locker room with some rookie talent. Very splashy. And it, when you look at it, what are the things that are the primary focus when you're building a team. You want quarterback, and you want to rush the quarterback. And they're just going for it and saying, you know what, we're going we're gonna to attack both of those areas, and we're going to change the complexion of our team today. Yeah, and they're dipping into the Alabama, likely, if they go Will Anderson, and Ohio State pools with C.J. Stroud, two of the best college programs consistently uh, in the country. Yeah, and if you're, if you're valuing these guys, and they're great leaders and just really difference makers, I, I, I see it happening. I prefer to trade down and get more picks but if these guys are you know you're getting huge value this isn't uh in the middle of the first round you're getting huge value at the top of the draft and you're going to take that risk because you're starting a new franchise here's the commissioner with the pick he's got to work on his 40 time it's tricky for roger as he takes forever to get to the podium traded the third pick to the houston texans With the third pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select Will Anderson Jr. There you go. Linebacker, Alabama. So two Alabama prospects off the board in the top three. Again, your order so far. Carolina at number one takes Bryce Young. At number two, Houston takes quarterback C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Houston trades back up for pick number three and takes Will Anderson Jr., the outside linebacker, from Alabama. So Houston 
has made two of the three picks in the draft so far tonight. Do we, have the, we have the terms of the. Uh, I have not seen them yet, but I will keep Usually, you posted as they uh, come through. I thought Goodell announces what they what they normally trade. Here for. we go. I got them for you, Tarek. It's number three and one hundred five for the Texans, and they lose twelve thirty three, which is the second pick uh, in the uh, in the second round, and uh, twenty twenty four first round and twenty twenty four third round. Wow, yeah, that's so pretty a heck steep. of a haul for the Cardinals. That is very wow. Steep. So wow. They must really believe in this guy. They must have really identified him and CJ. It's he, worth it. He's the and best he, defensive player in the draft. Right. right? I mean, so you, you take the number two quarterback in the draft, at least according to most people and what they thought coming in, and you take the top defender in the draft. Not so a bad haul. This is uh, the Parsons of this this year? Uh, that That is the belief. Uh, I don't know that he can play all over the field quite like Parsons, but uh, he, he can certainly rush the quarterback. Uh, better than just about anybody in this draft. At least that is what is thought. You never know, though, with uh, with how it works out uh, in the NFL draft. Well, you know, get your quarterback and rush the opposing quarterback. That's a formula that works in the NFL, and you need to fill in the other gaps for sure, but that is the building blocks for offense and defense. So I give him credit for just saying whatever it takes. We're going to get our guys. I'd be shocked if a quarterback is not picked at number four for the Indianapolis Colts, right? Yeah. I, I don't even know who they have on the roster right now, to be real honest with you. I don't know who they're – if the season started today, I have no idea who their quarterback would be. So I would imagine this is either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Here at pick number four. That would be my guess, my, my hunch, uh, unless I'm forgetting about somebody. But Unless uh, can, there's no possible trade to like for Lamar Jackson or something like that. No, Lamar Jackson, did you miss that today? Signed no. a five-year deal. He's the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history. Really? Yeah. How much guaranteed? Uh, more than what uh, Jalen Hurts got a couple weeks ago. I think it's really? over, over 220. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Better hope he stays on his, great. On his feet, been, which has been tough for him. Uh, yeah. Right now, I believe Gardner Minshew, the best quarterback on the Colts roster. So. Yeah. It wouldn't hurt. I, I would think wouldn't they hurt. would. As much as I like Gardner Minshew and his mustache, I think they go. Uh, I think they go quarterback here. But about five minutes remaining for the Indianapolis Colts. After the Colts pick, uh, we'll take a break and then we will talk to our buddy Mark Tauscher. Uh, about seven forty-five tonight, we'll we'll get Tauscher's thoughts on the top four and what's coming up with the Packers at pick number thirteen. Uh, Tarek, you and Tauscher, do, do you guys bicker a lot when he when he gets together, or not really? Not really. You know, I usually it's it's. Uh, we're more we're aligned more than we are against each other. Uh, we don't get to see each other that much, but you know, every now and then, you know, we I listen to his show or he might listen to us and just nice take or you know, it's pretty. It's, he's a good dude and we get along well. So, well, good. Uh, I hope you continue to get along in about ten minutes when we, when we chat. Yeah, with I just him. wonder what he's got to say. And, It'd be fun. He's I a, hope he has a better connection than uh, than Wildy. Yeah, Wildy yeah. was driving. I don't yeah. know if it was a Bluetooth thing. Whatever. We'll talk to Wildy later tonight uh, after the Packers make their selection at pick thirteen. Maybe they'll move out of it. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Hit us up on the ESPN Madison Talk and Text Line eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Who's your guy for the Packers at thirteen? Would love to know your take on that uh, as we quickly approach. This is moving along now. I'm I'm, I'm happy with the, with the pace of the draft. I was getting very impatient after uh, the first hour of our show as the pick is in for the Indianapolis Colts. And we will, uh, we will await the commissioner to see if it's Anthony Richardson, if it's Will Levis, or if they go a different direction. Yeah. This is Chris Ballard, by the way, a former yeah, Badger. Yeah, yeah. The GM. He was a teammate of yours, right? No. Was he before your time? By, it's by a year, I think. Okay. I know he was early 90s, uh, and you were, you were more yeah. mid-90s, right? Yeah. 
I got to meet, talk to him on the phone once or something. He's a good dude, really good. Yeah, he's a he's a really solid general manager too. He's done a lot of great things. They're missing uh, in a quarter. They've been missing a quarter ever since oh, Andrew yeah. Luck retired. Yeah, right. I mean, Luck was the guy, and he he chose his health over over playing. And you know that that will be one of the ultimate what ifs in NFL oh. history. What if Andrew Luck continued to play? Because he would be a part of that stacked. AFC right now in the quarterbacks uh, in the AFC as Aaron Rodgers now joins the AFC and becomes one of the top quarterbacks in that conference. But you think about it, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers, Jackson. Uh, imagine if Andrew Luck was still there. That'd be wild. It's, it's never been more lopsided. That would be unbelievable. Man, what Andrew Luck did with so little talent around him, yeah. it's really incredible. It, it is too bad that he got so brutalized and just physically couldn't do it anymore. But I give him a ton of credit. Hard to walk away from. Hard to walk away from when you're so lauded and you're so... Um, just appreciated and, uh, and cheered for. No doubt. No doubt. As the Seahawks have pick number five, we await. The Colts have picked number four. Will they go quarterback? Will they go elsewhere? I, I'm just kind of, I mean, we haven't quite gotten to the range where it's, okay, how does this mess with the, what the Packers want, right? We're getting close, but we're not quite there yet. As Jim say, they show him on TV. He looks rough, man. Yeah. Him front and center there, that's him, right? Well, somebody that's wake him. him up. It looks like he's just, like, zoned out. It's amazing how many people are in face. these. It's amazing how many people are in these uh, war rooms, isn't it? Yes. I feel like that would not help the draft selection process. It's almost too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, but I, I assume there's only so many guys really in, giving input. Yeah, everyone they're, else is they're just, just spectator. Moral support. Yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall for one of those. Oh yeah. Give me in a give me in a war room. I'll chime in with my takes. But you know, all right. Let's take Adele quick for the Colts pick. As with he gets the bored. fourth pick. In the 2023 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Oh! Wow. And there goes Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, whose stock has been rising like crazy the last couple of weeks. He goes all the way up at number four, and he's been regarded as maybe the guy with the highest ceiling but the lowest floor of these top quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson goes number four overall. I expected him to go early. I gotta say, I didn't expect him to go this early. This is a huge surprise for me. I, the Colts feel like a situation where this quarterback is going to go in there and have to play. Right? We just talked about how there's there's no one really on roster that's a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. I thought Anthony Richardson would be well suited in an organization where he could sit for a year and maybe you know get his feet underneath him and develop him. But man, he's going to be asked to play right away in Indianapolis. No doubt yeah, about he, it. He's a freak, man. He is yeah, a freak. I mean, he's a freak he looks, athlete. He could be a tight end or like a wide receiver, linebacker. He's got that build. Well. Tarek, don't, don't be calling quarterbacks from Florida tight ends. We know what happened with Tim Tebow, don't we? Uh, yeah, right. But, uh, well, guess who gets to replace Anthony Richardson in Florida? Oh, yeah. Mm. Our, our guy. Yeah. Our guy, Graham Mertz. How about that? Uh, we'll talk to Big Mark Tauscher, Packers Hall of Famer, host of Willie and Tausch, weekday mornings 9 to noon here on ESPN Madison. We'll talk with Tausche next. It's the Great Dane Huddle Draft Edition live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. Reaction to the football weekend continues next. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. It is 
the Great Dane Huddle, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. In Pittsburgh, I'm Alex Strofe alongside former Carolina Panther draftees, just like Bryce Young, Brad Nortman, and Tarek Sala. The Seattle Seahawks on the clock at number five after Houston makes two of the first four picks and three quarterbacks already off the board. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Under a minute to go for the Seahawks, so we'll await to see uh, what they have. As we welcome in the Packers Hall of Famer, the seventh-round draftee of the Green Bay Packers, the great Mark Tauscher joins us now here on the Great Dane Huddle. Tauschi, Houston makes two of the first four picks. That's uh, that's not something you see every day. Uh, no, that's not a position you want to be in. Uh, that means you stink. So, <laughs> Houston, I think, you know, obviously, trying to get the quarterback position right, every team works hard to do that. Uh, they hope they got that they're going to be able to get their guy in Stroud. And then I thought the best player, and somebody Nick Saban has raved about, uh, the fact that the Houston Texans felt strongly enough to use some draft capital to get back in there and go back-to-back to get somebody that they hope is going to be an impact player uh, on their defensive side of the ball. I think all teams that are struggling that are drafting this high in the draft, you're looking for field-tilting game-changers. And Houston, I think, on the defensive side of the ball, he is a proven commodity. He is a big-time player. And I, the quarterback is always kind of a you roll the dice. Yeah, you're Anderson's right about that. Gonna be, Anderson's going to be a good football player for them. You know that. No, I'm totally with you on that. He was one of my favorites in the draft this year. Tosh, let's talk about the pick swap. You've been manifesting that for the last month and a half. Packers moved from 15 to 13 tonight with the, the trade in the jet, with the Jets, uh, with, with Aaron Rodgers involved. I asked Jason Wilde this a bit earlier. I'm curious on your thoughts. Do you think the draft strategy changes a ton as they move just two picks up from 15 to 13, the Packers do? Well, obviously, I think it does because you know, at 13, you never know who, especially if there's somebody that really wants a Will Levis or a quarterback and there's other teams jockeying to get up there or if it's a wide receiver. You know, this is not the, you know, the strongest class of wideouts, so... That's why I thought that pick swap was so important because you're positioning yourself and especially not knowing exactly what Green Bay is thinking from a perspective of do we want to load up and get as many bites at the apple with draft picks as we can. Anytime you can position yourself that you can gain a second rounder or another third rounder to move around three or four spots, that's something that I know GMs love to have because they all know they're not going to bat a, they're not batting a thousand. If they can get to 40 or 50% on their drafts, the more opportunities you get at it, especially early in a, in a draft, the more likely you are to build a really strong foundation of your football team by having more picks to take a look at these guys. Well said, Tausch. Hey, it's uh, Brad. Thanks for coming on, man. Always a pleasure to be able to talk with you. So you know how when uh, you're applying for college, you have like a reach school, kind of a dream school, and then you've got your kind of backup school where, hey, you know, if I don't get into there, at least I got this and I feel pretty good about it. If the Packers stay at 13, who is the, who is the reach that if, if they somehow fall to the Packers, in your opinion, man, Goody and the, and the team, they're, they're popping champagne bottles, can't believe they got them. Is there a guy that comes to mind that is like, wow, if you were to fall the the Packers, that is like your absolute reach school? And then who would be a guy where, you know, we just accept that, you know, this is a good pick, quality, sort of more of your safety school. Any two guys come to mind for those type of categories? Yeah, I, I mean, I think from a safety school standpoint, 
I think any of those tight ends who, you know, they're a lot of the, uh, whether it's Kincaid or, uh, you know, you can go through a list. The, the kid from Iowa who I think that would be a reach. I don't think you want to go that high. But I think that's a position that you're looking at that I think would be safe. You know they're going to get a bunch of opportunities. I don't know if there is. You know, if you can get uh, Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, I think that's somebody everybody's excited about. I don't know how high they have him graded, but I do think that Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are looking at this and realizing our offense wasn't good enough last year. We have a new quarterback. We have a couple of really young weapons. We want to have a group, a core group, that can grow with our quarterback. And if you start adding in, a lot of Ohio State wide receivers have said that this is the best kid that they've seen, and they have put out a ton of really good pro wide receivers. So that, I think, would be kind of their reach or their dream school if they could get him and if he falls to that spot. And that's why I thought, you know, part of that pick swap deal, you know, whether the Jets were looking for another wide out or not, getting ahead of them and New England, I thought was something that was really good for Green Bay in case yeah. they want to stay with that pick or if they're jockeying around to get more other more picks in the later rounds. Mark, Tark, how you doing, man? What's up, Tark? How are you, bud? Good to hear your voice, man. Um, so if you're a Gouda Kunst, put your GM hat on, are you, are you more apt to trade down and gain more picks, or are you, are you sticking with what we got or maybe reaching? Uh, well, I'm definitely not going to reach. And I think if you feel like, you know, obviously tight end is a position that Green Bay is going to address in this draft. And but whether it's Mel Kuyper or any of these experts, there's there's a bunch of really good tight ends that should fall between 15 and 40. If you have a guy that you feel like, and you feel good about any of those two or three, and you can get a first-round pick like they did when they traded with the New Orleans Saints, a few years ago, and then you can kind of jockey back up if you feel like you have to and you gain those assets and you get those points. I think Green Bay is in a position now that David Bakhtiari mentioned it, uh, whether they're rebuilding, reloading, they need young, good football players. And the best way to do that is by getting a bunch of picks. I, I think that that would be the first strategy if you can do that. But you also don't want to let a special playmaker, you don't want to draft in this top 15 a bunch. There's a reason that these guys are going to be picked where they are. It's because their ceiling has that opportunity to be a a field-tilting player. You want to take advantage of that when you're in that position to get somebody special that can help either side of your football become a better team. Some quick cleanup as we talk to our guy Mark Tasher here on the Great Dane Huddle. Seattle went with the Illinois cornerback, Kevin Witherspoon, at number five, and now Arizona, who moved back from number three to number 12, now moving back up. They're trading with Detroit to move up to number six. So the Cardinals now on the clock here in the first round of the NFL draft. Tausche, who's, uh, who, who's your best-case scenario pick for the Packers at number 13 if you were making the selection? And we know who's gone right now, but best-case scenario for you at number 13. Well, I'm always biased towards an offensive lineman, and <laughs> I, I I like uh, you know the lineage, the Packer history with Taranski, totally. yeah. uh, the fact that he played at Northwestern, and uh, you just can never have enough good bodies. And you know, for Jordan Love, yeah, you want to get weapons around him, you want to have great wideouts, you want to get that tight end, but the most important thing is to get a good run game and to be able to protect him and let him 
kind of grow into this job. The best way to have that is have a really good offensive line. You know, David Bakhtiari's uh, winding his career down. You want to have good big bodies that can move. And so if Skaronsky or if, uh, you know, the Ohio State tackle, there's, there's some other players there that I think are, you yeah, potential to be really good professional football players. Just get somebody that's really good that you can count on for a long time and you can look at that as a successful pick. Tausch, I was just about to ask you that question. If you were to ask, you're around a lot of good quarterbacks in your day, and what would if you were to ask them, hey, what's the most important area to make me feel comfortable, whether it be weapons or offensive line? Would they say offensive line? Just give me protect me, let me run the ball and I'll figure it out. Is that is that what they would say, or would they say weapons? It's a great question, Norty, and I think um, everybody will probably give you a different answer, but you can have great weapons, and you can get your quarterback killed. Quarterbacks want to be able to sit in the pocket and go through their progression, and if you have good talent at wide out, they're going to get open. Now, you have special talents. You want that guy, but I have never heard a quarterback say, man, just give me some wide outs, and you don't even need to protect me. I've never heard anybody say that, so... Running the football, being able to play action pass, that makes a quarterback's job and life a lot easier, and it makes their wideouts better, and it makes their whole offense better. I think most quarterbacks will tell you, make sure you give me good protection up front, and then I'm going to be able to cook and, and figure out ways to beat defenses. So, Mark, I know GMs have different philosophies. What you know about Gutekunst, it, a lot of the GMs I hear, they say, we're going to take the best available player. I, I don't necessarily buy that and I, I know you were you were you were biased towards an offensive lineman but do you think it would be safe to say I would take maybe the package I would take the best edge rusher offensive tackle uh, slot receiver tight end available maybe bring narrow it down to a few positions where I want to take the best available or or best available at these positions or you want to take the best available overall what where would you put yeah, the defense? I, you know what that's I think you always want to make sure you're getting a good football player in your building. But there is, like, I can't, if I'm Green Bay, I don't care if Shroud or Bryce Young or any of the quarterbacks drop, you, you, you can't take a quarterback. I, don't, I think you need to let Jordan Love go. You need to let him yeah. see where he's yep. at. So that's where I would differ. But, no, if you see a great player, if this kid from Illinois had dropped to 13 and you have him graded as a top six guy that's going to be a stud, I don't care if you have, uh, you know, Jair Alexander and Stokes coming back from an injury. You can add a great football player to your team. You bring him in. So that's where I think if you have somebody graded out at a, you, in an ideal world, you always will draft a great player at a position of need. But where you get in the most trouble as an evaluator is when you try to find that fit. When you do that, that's when you end up with busts. And that's when you end up thinking, how the heck did you draft this guy in the first round? <laughs> Jerry uh, McLaurin is sitting there. I want to get a tight end. I'm going to grab Sternberg. I don't need a wideout. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> yeah, not very well. It's, uh, there you go, Tausch. You'll like this. The first offensive lineman goes off the board. Paris Johnson, Jr. from Ohio State goes to Arizona at, uh, at number six. Uh, Tausch, before we let you go, what's the worst nickname you were ever given? Because I just heard you call Brad Nordy. I don't know if he's ever been called that before. What's the worst nickname you've ever been given? Is it like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? What's the worst one for you? Yeah, we can go that. I had, and Park knows this, Tausch Daddy Woo Woo. 
was one that uh, <laughs> Jerry Wunsch called me. But I have to admit, I like that nickname, so that didn't bother me. But I got to give Nordy credit. And I don't know if he likes Nordy as a nickname, and I won't call him. But if he's not, but his analogy game, we've played some. He's He's been uh, nice enough to fill in when I take vacation. His analogy game is on point, and I was good. I would have been disappointed if he didn't bring one out tonight, and he brought it right from the jump. So, Brad, keep up the good work. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Little did you know, some of my best friends from high school call me Nor- Nordy. Oh, there so we go. it's as if we go all the way back, Tausch. Yeah, well, we do go all the way back. We do. We, got we, do. That, uh, we both could pop and corner people into oblivion. That's That's there we go. Tausch, Daddy, woo-woo. We appreciate the time, brother. Thanks, Mark. You bet. See you, guys. That's Mark Tauscher, also known as Tausch Daddy Woo Woo, apparently. Love that. Uh, joining us here. <laughs> I have never heard that. That is unbelievable. I'm never going to call him anything else but Ta- Tausch Daddy Woo Woo. It really waters down Nordy. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break. Las Vegas, the Raiders are on the clock. We are only five, six. I'm bad at math. Six picks away from the Green Bay Packers. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and right here on the radio. This is the Great Day and Huddle Draft Edition of uh, live at the Great Day Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh.